Well, I thought we would try out a, a new song for our midday. It is midday here on KRVN on the day before Halloween. Thank you so much for joining us. 11.30 in the Central Time Zone. We're uh, going to be talking about what we've got coming up over the next couple hours here on midday. Scott Foster in here with you along with Bob Brogan. And uh, Bob, did that? I don't know if that music, did that scare you at all? Or are, you, are you good? I'm I'm okay with that, but okay. generally speaking, uh, I kind of like scary movies. Okay. What's your real quickly? What's your your favorite scary movie? Um, I like The Changeling, which nobody, oh. most people have never seen, okay. and also The Exorcist. Okay. There's All a right. few Stephen King type movies I like too. I rewatched Amityville Horror the other day for the first in the 1979 Amityville Horror. It's scary. It's I like I like the birds too. I like oh, yeah. Alfred Hitchcock. Right. Very good. All right. Good. 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 Good stuff. All right. Well, let's uh, let's uh, talk about what we're going to talk about. Let's start with Susan first. Go ahead, Susan. Well, thanks, Scott. Here's what's happening on a midday today from the farm team. Shaley will kick everything off with Al Dutcher as he talks weather heading into the weekend and beyond. Then I'll continue my conversation at 12:45 with the digital aspect of agriculture, and then Shaley wraps everything up with the final segment of the 2020 growing season for the FNBO's Fridays in the Field as she heads out near Henderson. That's a midday on this Friday. Happy Halloween from the farm team. Thank you so much, Susan. I appreciate it. Uh, it is going to be a busy day across the state as football playoffs get going everywhere on the in the state today on the same day. Jason, you got more? Lots of high school football today and tonight across the state as every class will be in action. This is something new to have all of the games on the same night. Of course, we will have three games for you tonight from KRVN Sports. Also, you can hear the Loomis at Sand Hills Sedford game on our sister station KUVR in Holdridge. UNK football team begins the season tomorrow at Pittsburgh State. The Lopers are one of just 10 Division II teams across the entire country that will be playing. We'll get the thoughts of head coach Josh Lynn about that. Kickoff tomorrow at Pittsburgh is set for shortly after 12. We will bring you the game on 93.1 The River and also new this year on 106.9 in Kearney. And one of college football's biggest stars won't play tomorrow is Trevor Lawrence. Clemson, he's contracted the Corona-19 virus. They hope to getting back before next week's big game with Notre Dame. All of that and much more is coming up on Midday. All right, thank you so much, Jason. I appreciate it, Bob. Another uh, another underrated scary movie, I think, was Cujo. I also want to put in a plug for, um, uh, you know, there's some Monty Python movies and some other things like that. And Rocky Monty Horror. Python? Scary mo- Monty Python? Well, kind of. Rocky okay. Horror Picture Show All is right. another one. Okay. All right, very good. Well, speaking of scary, stocks are way down today again. Uh, what do you got for us there? Stocks tumbling again as Wall Street closes out a punishing week and its first back-to-back monthly loss since worries about the pandemic were first peaking earlier this year. And U.S. consumers increased their spending, though, by 1.4% in September, a slightly better gain than expected, but still well below the big increases seen in May and June. Those are some of the stories we're watching, and uh, what's your favorite uh, candy, real quick? Uh, Candy corn. Okay. I'll just say uh, right up front, I like Heath bars and Chunky bars. Okay. That's good. That's good. Speaking of not at all scary, let's turn it over to Clay Patton. 
Congratulations, Rodney Barwick of Orleans. Great. Woo! Man, that just made my year. <laughs> this is great. He wins the 2020 Chevrolet Blazer. KRVN, The River, and Cami would like to thank these corporate sponsors. Eustace Body Shop, Eustace, Cozad, Lexington, Kearney, Grand Island, and Lincoln. Shirtop, Angus, and Charlay, Farnham, Nebraska Land, Kansas Land, and Colorado Land Tire Group, and Central Valley Irrigation, Holdridge, Lexington, and Kearney. Watch all the fun on the Fun and Games page at krvn.com. 11.44 here in the Central Time Zone. Time for us to check in on weather and uh, how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world. Paul Perkins is in here. Now, Paul, as a weather guy... <laughs> Probably your scary movies are like Twister and the Perfect Storm. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, not on Twister. Uh, not on Twister, okay. Uh, <laughs> I shake my hand at uh, some of the weather logic on that one, well, but yes. That's true. That's true. That's true. Well, uh, speaking of weather logic, what a difference a week makes. And, and, you know, we're looking at the visible satellite here. Not much snow left anymore either, is exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah, maybe just a smattering of some scattered areas of snow, but overall, Pretty much snow-free and wall-to-wall sunshine all across Nebraska and at least the northern half of Kansas. Very nice day today. Today probably going to be our nicest of the next three days. Okay. Today going to be nice with the temperatures slightly above average, some light winds. Windy tomorrow and then much cooler on Sunday. But then, hold on, next week looks really good. Wow, what a difference a few days make. I don't tell you. <laughs> exactly. We get it all this time of year, that's for sure. Right now, we have most of our temperatures, at least in central Nebraska and west and central Kansas, on into the mid to upper 50s, but still some temperatures in the mid to upper 40s from the Nebraska Panhandle into west central and southwest Nebraska. But on our way to a very nice day with some light winds, sunshine for today. Our temperatures expected to be slightly above average, slightly cooler for tomorrow with the passage of a cold front that occurs during the day. Behind that front, we're going to see some northwest winds gust up to around 30 to 40 for tomorrow afternoon and evening now high pressure moves overhead for tomorrow night for some lighter winds but if you are doing some trick-or-treating late tomorrow into the early evening you may want to grab that jacket because those winds could be a bit on the brisk side sunday will be our coolest day of the next seven with highs about 10 degrees below average but that's as cool as it gets over the next seven days dry weather continues from monday through thursday when a ridge of high pressure moves on to the plains our daytime highs for all of next week monday through thursday expected to be 10 to 15 degrees warmer than usual and most of our overnight lows expected to remain above freezing but as we know all good things must come to an end in our long-term forecast nebraska and kansas temperatures will stay at warmer than normal levels for the last half of next week but by late next weekend through november 12th our temperatures expected to trend seasonal to slightly cooler than normal the precipitation outlook for wednesday through the 12th of november now for Nebraska and Kansas, expecting slightly above normal precipitation. Most of that precipitation, though, looks to stay across the northern plains towards the Dakotas and Minnesota. It has been a tale of two different Octobers this month, with very warm weather to start the month to the coldest week on record for this early in the season. From October 5th through the 11th, central Nebraska and much of the region experienced its overall warmest week this late in the fall since 1947. <laughs> So what? 73 years there. Yeah, wow. We, yeah. 
Then, on the opposite end, that seven-day period we just experienced, October 22nd through the 28th, that was the coldest on record for this early in the fall. So we had one of the warmest at the beginning and then one of the the coldest at the end here, October you, 22nd through the 28th. You always explain to me <laughs> the, uh, the, the tug of war between summer and winter. And, oh, man. September and October, it's very uh, visible with that, that's for sure. Weather factors impacting market trade include a widely varying rain forecast in South America and a short-term benefit from precipitation in major wheat areas around the world. In the Midwest and Northern Plains, warmer and drier weather over the next several days will improve the harvest conditions. In the Eastern Corn Belt, only a third of the corn right now harvested in Michigan and Ohio. Across the Southern Plains, warmer and drier weather this next week will enhance a notable difference in precipitation forecast fortunes with western areas of the southern plains still in need of moisture and eastern areas with improved soil conditions following rain and snow this past week russian wheat areas expect moderate to heavy rain in their five-day forecast the best moisture they've seen in the past three months soil moisture deficits still likely for russian wheat areas going into dormancy australian wheat areas will have periods of rain this next week heavy amounts indicated in southeast crop areas Harvest progress in most of Australia's wheat areas will likely continue, though. Central Argentina will only see light rain this next week. The drier trend has led to lower prospects for their wheat crop. Northern and central Brazil crop areas in line for moderate to heavy rain with favorable soil moisture for soybean planting and development. But from southern Mato Grosso through Rio Grande do Sul, the rains will be much lighter, that large difference being enhanced by the presence of La Nina. Okay. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on that La Nina stuff as uh, we be going here. But uh, sounds like Sunday, a little bit of a hiccup. Sunday might be a little bit cooler, but otherwise, it's uh, it's going to be nice. Exactly. You know, it's going to be much warmer than what we had last Sunday right. because last week Kim was not the best at all with the cold. But uh, looks like uh, things really looking up for next week, and just yeah, just that little bump in the road for late tomorrow into Sunday. And hold on to your hat for trick or treating tomorrow yeah, night because yeah. it's going to be windy. It sounds like yeah. <laughs> yeah those Ask my go flying down the street real quick. <laughs> All right. Very good. Well, thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. Where do you go to check in on your weather? Weather page, krvn.com. time again this week that we get to visit with our Nebraska Extension Agricultural Climatologist Al Dutcher. I'm Shaley Peters back with you on the Rural Radio Network and Al, a pretty cold start to the week this past week ending though on a warmer note will that continue into this weekend and next week? Well Shaley, unless I'm a really terrible forecaster, it looks like this is probably one of the easier forecasts I've done for a few months Uh, we're basically looking at a fairly dry pattern all the way through the end of next week and that's going to be a big respite from what we experienced during this last weekend, all the way from the northern plains southward into the Texas Panhandle. That cold air surge after we got the significant snowfall, particularly uh, the Panhandle and, of course, the eastern plains of Colorado, all the way down into the Texas Panhandle. We've seen temperatures dropping 20 to 50 degrees below normal. Uh, Alliance at minus 14 sets their all-time record for the month of October, and it may actually be an all-time record for the month of October for the state. They're still trying to search that one out. You know, 22 below zero up in Montana. This this is a little bit early for this type of weather, and and it's a result of this big surge of Arctic air. So anytime you get a big surge of Arctic air, you have a big, strong trough, and on the backside of it is a big, strong ridge. 
they kind of kind of bounce each other. So that big ridge is going to move into our region as that trough pulls that cold air to the east of us. You know, then we worry about basically here in Nebraska is when one of these little systems move across the northern plains and drive a cold front through the region. The first one comes through as we go into Halloween Eve. Basically, tomorrow afternoon, we're expecting that to offer move across the south-central Canada. That will drive a cold front very dry through the state. We'll see a wind shift, so temperatures will be warmest as we get into the noon hour. And then as the cold front comes through, we'll start to see that reinforcing air move into the region. For trick-or-treaters, it's probably going to be a very windy and a very cool night. Back down temperatures down into the mid to lower 40s, so bundle up appropriately. But precipitation-wise, we don't have to worry anything about that. Then we start to see a moderation trend as we go into Monday because Sunday will be pretty cool, pretty much 40s across the state. That cold air slips rapidly to our east, high pressure builds in, and a significant warming trend occurs all the way through at least Wednesday. We should see highs primarily in the 60s with some 70s out in western Nebraska. Then we start to see a trough moving into the Pacific Northwest that flattens out this ridge somewhat. That's going to allow a little bit cooler air to seep into the northern plains. And as we get closer into next weekend, that system right now is being expected to eject out of the central northern Rockies into the northern plains. And we need to watch out for Arctic air once again to try to surge southward and developing a fairly robust storm system across the northern plains. For Nebraska proper, what I'd be watching for is updates of this system as we progress through the week to see if that gets pulled farther southward, like the system that we've seen occurring last weekend. If that's the case, then that heavier snowfall will probably get pulled farther southward. The biggest issue after that is, is as that cold air surges south, do we get a cutoff low to the southern plains? And as that moves toward the northeast during the following week, is there going to be enough cold air available with that system to bring snowfall into eastern Nebraska. Yesterday's model hinted at that kind of a pattern. Today's model has backed away from it and brought more warmer air into our region. So there's a lot of uncertainty. And at this time of the year, I've always said, pay attention to every major storm system that starts to develop to the northwest of us. Any single one of these could bring some very significant weather to the northern and central plains. And at this time of the year, significant weather generally means significant snowfall. All right. Thanks, Al. Nebraska Extension Agricultural Climatologist Al Dutcher. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. All right. Time for us to check in with sports. Here's Jason. Hey, thanks. Well, the State High School playoffs continue in all classes today and tonight. In C1, Cozad visits St. Paul. The Haymakers drop their final two games of the regular season. Kickoff of that game is set for seven. We will bring it to you tonight on Kimmy Country. Also in C1, Gothenburg is at Lincoln Christian. That one kicks off at six. We will have it for you right here on 880KRVN. In Class D1, Elm Creek will host Nebraska Christian. Kickoff is set for seven on 93.1 the river. And in D2, it's Loomis at Sand Hills Thedford. Kickoff begins at 6. You can hear that game in the Loomis and Holdridge areas on KUVR. Now, all of those games can also be heard at krvn.com. District finals and volleyball are set for tomorrow. Lexington plays at Elkhorn. Now, only immediate family members on a list will be allowed into the game. We will have that match for you tomorrow afternoon over on Kimmy Country starting at 1. UNK football team begins the season at Pittsburgh State tomorrow. The Lopers will be one of just 10 Division II teams across the entire country playing, and head coach Josh Lynn says they're very fortunate. 
You know, that's a win, Jason. I mean, uh, you know, I think you look at the uh, development of this program and the, uh, you know, keeping this whole thing moving forward. I think it's it's huge for our program, and uh, and I, I'm really excited. You know, give give our athletic director Mark Bauer credit for that. Um, you know, we had the opportunity to get some games, and he hustled and um, you know, got our kids some opportunities to play some ball here in the fall. Kickoff tomorrow is set for just after 12. You can hear the game on 93.1 The River. Also new this year, you can listen in and around the Kearney area on 106.9. You also can listen in on the River app. Tri-City Storm continues to play well as last night they went out on the road and they knocked off the Omaha Lancers, winning that one 5-2. They'll return home tomorrow for a Halloween game against the Lincoln Stars. And Clemson superstar quarterback Trevor Lawrence has tested positive for the coronavirus and will miss Saturday's game against Boston College. His status for the following week's big showdown at Notre Dame remains in question. That's sports. For more, you can find that anytime at krvn.com. I'm Jason Jorgensen. With the Two Rivers District Ristyle changing to the red category, Phelps County Community Foundation has added ways for those to donate during their Give to Grow initiative for 2020. Kara Faber, Foundation Executive Director, lists ways of how people can donate. You know, there's multiple ways to be able to give, um, pre-give. There's obviously giving online at our website, which is give, and then the number two, growphelps.org. You could mail in your donations to our office. Um, We're actually this year even um, going out and picking up donations from our donors. So all they need to do is call our office to schedule that, and either a staff or board member will come and pick up that donation. And then... The newest thing that's, that's happened is that seven of our banks in Phelps County have agreed to serve as drop-off points um, through their drive-throughs. Gift to Grow is an annual program the PCCF does to support local nonprofit organizations. The past eight years, PCCF has raised nearly $5.4 million. Pre-giving started on October 5th, with Give to Grow being held on Thursday, October 19th, 2020. New members show Nebraska's high record number of cases of the coronavirus confirmed in one day, as well as a record number of people hospitalized with the virus. The state's online virus tracker shows 1,605 new cases were confirmed Thursday, the most in one day since 1,286 on October 16th. The site also shows 528 people with the virus hospitalized on Thursday, well over the previous day's record of 483. The state's rate of new cases jumped to seventh highest in the nation as the number of cases in Nebraska grew to 68,150 and 637 COVID-19 deaths since the beginning of the pandemic. Police say officers who stopped a Lincoln man wanted on an assault warrant found $30,000 worth of methamphetamine in his car. Officials say members of the Lincoln-Lancaster County Narcotics Task Force stopped the 51-year-old man's BMW Wednesday night outside a Lincoln apartment. Police say he was wanted for an assault that had occurred two days earlier and that he was driving on a suspended license. Officers who searched the man and his car says they found 344 grams of meth in a bag and under the passenger seat as well as $4,000 in cash. 
Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Nebraska will host 14 flu vaccination clinics in early November in a collaboration with YMCA's across the state. Clinics will be open to all between the ages of 9 and 64 at no cost to them, regardless of health insurance coverage. Dr. Deborah Esserf, Chief Medical Officer at BCBSNE, says the goal is to be there for all Nebraskans who need a flu shot and help protect the state from COVID-19 influenza twindemic this year. Clinics will be hosted at the following locations and times. Don Shogren, Community YMCA in Holdridge, Monday, November 9th, from 5 to 7 p.m. Orthman Community YMCA in Lexington, Tuesday, November 10th, from 5 to 7 p.m. Ed Thomas YMCA of McCook, Wednesday, November 11th, from 8 to 10 a.m. Pre-registration is strongly preferred, though not required. Participants can create a basic AccuVax profile and make an appointment at nebraskablue.com backslash YMCA flu shot. Reporting for the Rural Radio Network, I'm Ellen Simmons. Chad Moyer with you here on the Rural Radio Network. We're going to talk about a promotion that Midwest Dairy is doing with Subway restaurants and uh, providing some uh, nutritious meals to kids in need and uh, raising a little money and, uh, again, promoting dairy's uh, wellness message as well. Here to tell us about that, Molly Pelzer. She is CEO of Midwest Dairy. Molly, thanks for taking the time and, and joining us here today. Before we talk about this promotion specifically, just talk about, uh, I guess, kind of the the promotions in general that Midwest Dairy is focusing on? What seems to be kind of the the overarching goals when you put together a, a promotion with some retail partners? We are always focused on giving consumers an excellent dairy experience, and working with partners like Subway is really key to that. We want to make sure that the consumers enjoy dairy uh, so that we're building trust for dairy farmers, dairy products, and uh, dairy farmers themselves. Well, let's talk about this promotion specifically. It actually looks like it, it, it accomplishes a number of different things. De- describe this partnership that Midwest Dairy has forged with Subway. This is a part of a national checkoff campaign, and Midwest Dairy is partnering with your local Subway sandwich shop through the mid- throughout the Midwest. There's three parts of this. First, we're going to encourage students to embrace wellness by eating well and being physically active. The second is we're going to raise money with school nutrition departments through our Fuel Up to Play 60 program to raise awareness about how dairy farmers support youth wellness. And then finally, we're helping dairy farmers celebrate the heroes in their own communities to thank them for making them a better place. Okay. Well, let's talk about each one of those, kind of highlight each one. Start uh, on that wellness side. How is this promotion uh, helping kids get and stay active, Molly? The Subway restaurants are supporting an initiative that provides a 60-cent, 6-inch Subway promotion every Sunday for any student who uses our Fuel Up to Play 60 Healthy Habits Tracker. They can bring in the tracker to the store and receive a 6-inch sub for only 60 cents and purchase a meal. We hope they'll add milk to that, of course, for their three servings of dairy a day, but we know that they can get cheese on their sandwich as well. All right, so that's uh, part of the uh, that's getting the kids active and, and eating well. What is the part of the promotion that uh, that raises money for those in need, Molly? That part of the promotion is, is called Tackle Hunger, and it runs through um, the end of November at restaurants. Customers can donate at the cash register that will provide Fuel Up to Play sixty grants to local schools to help deliver school meals during the pandemic 
Uh, consumers can make it easy by rounding up their purchase to the nearest dollar to contribute uh, supplies to the schools because we are really challenged in this day and age to make sure that we're getting uh, good, healthy school meals to students. Mm-hmm. All right. So we've talked about uh, getting uh, getting active, staying active. We talked about raising some money and uh, putting food in in places that are in need. Uh, what uh, what's that last component where you said kind of a a thank you to to local dairy farmers? What's that all about? We're asking our dairy farmers to visit our website to get a community cares package. They're available on a first come first served basis. Each package will include a Subway gift card. And undeniably dairy goods like blankets and stocking hats, we're asking farmers to be creative and think about how they can thank local heroes of their choice, might be veterans, local police or fire professionals, health care providers, anyone in their community that helps make a difference. We'll be giving those uh, gift packages out in the next few weeks to help celebrate the Tackle Hunger promotion as well as showcase how dairy farmers care about their own communities. All right, sounds great. So again, kind of a, as we've highlighted, a multifaceted program that uh, Midwest Dairy is uh, partnering on this promotion with uh, Subway restaurants here in the Midwest. Molly, can you describe how all of these things kind of tie together and tie into the, to the mission of Midwest Dairy that you were talking about before? One of our partners is the NFL And they brought this uh, opportunity to us for all their 21,000 restaurants across the nation. They, like us, are committed to youth wellness and doing good in their community. We were really excited to have a new NFL partner, the Subway Restaurants, and their teams join us in this effort to make a difference during the pandemic. We know as dairy farmers that we're essential and part of that very very important fabric about getting food to all U.S. citizens. And Subway is great to partner with us to bring awareness to the work that our dairy farmers are doing to support youth and our local communities. All right. Sounds great. Molly, I think the only thing left is to kind of the call to action. Where can we go to get more information, to read up on this uh, and, and kind of see how the promotion works? And then, like you said, uh, request those, those care packages. Where's a good place to go to get all that information? Our website, MidwestDairy.com, is great for information on this particular promotion as well as all the work Dairy Checkoff is doing. And we have uh, opportunity for the dairy farmers simply by looking for community cares packages. They'll be able to register to do good in their communities. All right. So, again, the website, MidwestDairy.com, that's where we go? That's correct, Chad. All right, very good. Molly, it's good to talk to you. I know uh, there's a a lot of good ideas out there. Looks like this is a great one to, again, uh, jointly uh, take care of a number of different things. And thank you for coming on and uh, telling us about it today, okay? We're thrilled to be able to share the good news. Thank you, Chad. Again, we've been visiting with Molly Pelzer. She is CEO of Midwest Dairy, talking about this uh, promotion with uh, between uh, dairy farmers and Subway restaurants. Again, a uh, number of different uh, aspects in there, but uh, mainly, again, getting uh, uh, getting kids active, staying active, getting them the nutrition that they need, and saying thank you to your community, all wrapped up in, in one promotion. Here on the Rural Radio Network, Chad Moyer reporting. Time for us to check in on the business world. That'll be our very own Bob Rogan. 
With the Business Report, I'm Bob Brogan. Stocks are tumbling today as Wall Street closes out a punishing week and its first back-to-back monthly loss since worries about the pandemic were first peaking in March. The S&P 500 was 1.6% lower at one point in morning trading, putting it on pace for a 6% loss for the week, which would be its worst since March. It's also on track for a 3.2% drop for October. Worries about whether expectations built too high for some of the stock market's biggest stars helped drive the losses. U.S. consumers increased their spending by 1.4% in September, a slightly better gain than expected, but still well below the big increases seen in May and June. The September gain marks the fifth straight monthly increase in consumer spending, the primary driver of the U.S. economy since the virus erupted in early spring and flattened the economy. Wages and benefits for U.S. workers grew slowly this summer as employers sought to hold the line on pay gains in the midst of the pandemic. The Labor Department says workers' total compensation rose five-tenths of a percent in the July-September quarter, the second straight quarter of slower growth in wages. That's down from eight-tenths of a percent in the first three months of the year. ExxonMobil is reporting its third consecutive quarter of losses as the global pandemic curtails travel and cripples global economic activity. The energy giant posted a $680 million third quarter loss as revenue tumbled to $46.2 billion, down from $65.05 billion during the same quarter last year. The string of losses and what could be a money-losing year is new territory for ExxonMobil. The Federal Reserve saying today it will reduce the minimum loan level in its Main Street lending program. The Fed saying today it will support loans of as low as $100,000 down from an earlier minimum of $250,000 to boost participation in the program. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob Brogan. For free, it's the perfect addition to your jerseys, home, and away. Your Scarlet and Cream basement, your Husker car mats, and your dog Herbie. Show your Husker pride everywhere you go. All you need is an FNBO free checking account. To get started, visit fnbo.com slash Huskers. FNBO, member FDIC. Well, welcome back to our final week of Fridays in the Field, wrapping up here where we began near Henderson, Nebraska. And we're catching up here again with Matt Hebner. And you made a liar of me again, Matt, so thanks a lot. Uh, I said we'd catch you on the combine. And apparently the weather's been so good, harvest has been good enough for you guys that you are done now. Let's start by kind of, again, looking back on this growing season. The first time we talked to you was a few months ago. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a whirlwind of a season. I mean, we, uh, uh, I don't know, from the last time we talked, we said, oh, we'll be harvesting the next time we got here, and we caught a inch and a half, two inch rain, and nobody has really started harvesting before that. And right after that, everybody fired up, and we went solid for three, four weeks, and now everybody's done. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. It's just, it's, I mean, everybody was tired and looked like they hadn't slept, but uh, yields were better than, better than last year. Uh, respectable yields, especially with the uh, wind damage that everybody had in uh, early July, I believe. Yeah, that wind damage definitely impacting producers across this region. Let's just look back just a little bit on this season. You mentioned the wind damage, maybe some other significant things that stood out to you. Yeah, well, earlier in the season we had talked about a project I was working on with intercropping, and so we 
recap a little bit on that. We went in and planted the corn, and then about a week later we came back and we planted soybeans, and they both took off uh, pretty well. Some of the nitrate tests that we did, we thought that there was a little bit better um, nitrogen availability where the soybeans were, and uh, throughout the season, so we thought, well, hey, well, maybe we'll see a little bit of a yield bump through there. Uh, got in there with the combine, and that's not what we saw. <clears throat> it was probably, I haven't f looked at it real close, but I would say 5 to 10% yield drag. We're attributing that partially, or a lot of that, this year in part to because it was so dry. I think going forward, if we just know that and uh, plan to keep it a little bit wetter, um, we did like a lot of the um, plant health and uh, just the variety and disease and insect pressure that we didn't see uh, in those strips. So Definitely some pros or cons. And I know I don't think I've met a farmer yet who is going through harvest, certainly wrapped up with harvest, who isn't thinking about the next year already. Taking that into consideration and just this past year in general, what sort of things are you thinking about for next year? Yeah, uh, so I think we're going to try and do the corn with the beans planted in between the rows again next year. I'm also probably going to go out and plant some rye and uh, try and plant soybeans into that uh, rye as it's still standing and growing. And then either roll or crimp it down or uh, go in there and spray Roundup. We'd really like to build a roller crimper that we could run in between the soybean rows on 30 inch rows to roll down that um, rye to give us a little bit of a weed blanket. We have a couple fields that have higher weed pressure with Palmer and uh, so we think that that could really help our chances of keeping that uh, out of the field throughout the year. Alright, well good luck and I'm glad to see you wrapped up with Harvest. That is going to do it for our final episode here of Fridays in the Field. Thanks so much for following along all season long. Fridays in the Field again brought to you by FNBO, the great big small bank. Clay Patton on the World Radio Network. Let's check in on the closing grain futures with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago, publisher of the Daily Newsletter this week in grain. John, as we see across, corn and soybeans have a pretty positive end here to the trading week, to the trading month, after what's been volatile. Is this a positive close to see on the week? Yeah, I, I feel pretty good here. I, I, and in a way, I'm almost not concerned about the election. I mean, there's a lot of concern from other areas that I think could drive price. But from the standpoint of agriculture, like, you know, the, the CFAP payments and the government payments, I mean, they've worked to a certain degree in that they've provided a little bit of the farmer to catch their breath, you know. And it's, it's this next year or so is going to really be a big factor, I think, as far as how the ag economy works. If farmers do the right thing, if they can keep their cash flow in order, and I'm saying the average farmer more, uh, um, you know, pricing pressure power could be in their hands a little more than it has been in the last few years. Um, you know, companies like ADM and Bungie and uh, Cargill to a certain degree, I mean, they really haven't done well in grain merchandising. And now all of a sudden, you start to hear, like, from schoolers, their profits are starting to buy a little bit. And, again, it's 0% interest rates, and all of a sudden you get a little weather, and the market can give you some opportunity here. I don't, uh, you know, I don't really have an opinion on the new crop yet. It's too cheap to sell it, and, uh, you know, I guess expensive relative to where we've delivered it before, but, um, 
you know, if weather stays dry here and South America doesn't grow a crop, then the U.S. is going to be left to supply the non-GMO or the GMO world. And that's a pretty scary place to be, especially if, uh, you know, the U.S. has a problem. And the big factor that everybody's starting to talk here at the end of the week is the La Nina that is setting up. Typically, that does influence lower crops, does it not? I think so. I was actually... I mean, that's always been the thought, is that La Nina um, has, has has done that. I don't look at the, I don't really study the weather data that much, and honestly, I'm, I've given up trying to predict it. It really is... It's, I trade it as if I don't know and I won't know because it's it's very very difficult to try to guess ahead of the weather models and you know today's example in the South American change I mean if you look in Argentina now they're dry so I would be a little bit pump the brakes on on a you know Argentina weather story just yet I, I think they have um, you know it's a lot more like the U S at least like Iowa Illinois Indiana where you know they put it in later and you know if, if it's dry and they catch rain at the right time the crop should do well do well but that that is a you know what they do with that corn is another story so that's where currency markets can kind of rattle here in the coming weeks but I feel like it's in a pretty good spot that's john payne senior marketing analyst with daniel zag marketing catch more on that newsletter this week in grain at danielzagmarketing.com do remember train future knobs involve risk of loss And that's going to do it for our midday program here on KRVN. To hear today's midday program in its entirety, go to podcasts on krvn.com.